welcome to the Tune In with Marcy podcast, where we always know that being you takes so much courage. Where you're joined by me, host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, every week for eye-opening, deep, real talk conversations on connecting to our intuition, personal power, the universe, and creating authentic relationships with each other. I want you to get ready for practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning questions. You know what they are that keep keeping you up at night. Whether you're struggling with overcoming fear to follow your life's passion, or you're experiencing Groundhog Day with repeating unhealthy patterns, this podcast is for you, sensitive soul. So get ready to live your truth. A quick note. This podcast sometimes has adult language because these are adult conversations. So plan accordingly, whether that means turning it off when kids are around or using your earbuds and earphones. Now on to this week's episode. I can't wait for you to listen. Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. This is episode 12, and we're exploring listener questions. Today, you're going to hear me answer two important listener questions about the topics of loved ones who have passed, showing up in dreams, and how to know when our shadow, the unconscious and subconscious parts of ourselves, need care. First, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you and thank you for showing up because I know that there's a lot of ways that you could spend your time. We're all busy. There's a bazillion podcasts you could listen to, and you're listening to this one. And whether it's your first time or you're a regular listener, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to tune in. And I'm really excited about the value that I know you're going to get from this episode. In this episode, I talk about why I believe a past loved one showing up in your dream is more fact than metaphor. I talk about how to decipher whether a past loved one's contact is supportive or unsupportive for you. There's a difference, and that's important to know. (laughs) How to keep the lines of communication open with our past loved ones. Clear signs that our shadow is calling for our attention. The most important audience your shadow needs to express themselves in front of and initial steps to start tending to your shadow to come back to center. So before you continue listening to the show, take a moment to share this episode with a friend, family member, or someone who you know needs to hear this today. Tag me on Instagram at Marcy Moberg to let me know that you're because I love to know when listeners are listening to the show and what they get out of it. So take a moment, share this with someone you care about now, tag me on Instagram. Can't wait to see you listening to this episode. Okay, now let's get on to this week's episode and some awesome listener questions that I know you're gonna benefit from. Hey there, welcome to Tune In With Marcy. So grateful that you're joining me today. And this week we're answering listener questions pretty excited about this. And we're answering listener questions on topics that I get asked about a lot. Ironically, this first question came to me as a direct message through um, Facebook. And then I ended up receiving a very, very similar question the exact same day through my Instagram. 
as a direct message. And so that for me was like a sign that clearly this, this, this topic needs to be talked about here. And it's something that I've worked on with clients over the years. So thank you to Ben for um, offering up this question. When he messaged me, I asked if I could just answer it on my podcast because I thought that many of you could benefit from this. And I find that this is a topic that so many people experience, but we don't talk about. And part of my mission here on earth is to start to really, really normalize the intuitive, the spirit, the liminal layers of our existence, in addition to caring for the physical human side of us. So here we go. Ben's question is, He said, when I have dreams, more often than not, I'm talking to people that have died in my family, and I usually wake up crying regardless of if the dream itself is sad. I know my mom has had similar experiences, is wondering if you have run into this at all. Yes, I have. Absolutely. So I started dreaming of loved ones that had passed when my grandfather passed, my my grandfather on my paternal side passed. When he transitioned, that's when I started having really active dreams with him. And in those dreams, a lot of times they were quite emotional experiences and very, there was a lot of feeling sensation and the feeling sensation would last when I would wake up. I was very moved to see him or I'd recognize that I really missed him or the message that he would give me would be really profound. And that is one of the layers of how he started to communicate with me and then later started to communicate to me through other means as well, like meditation and signs in my environment, different things like that. So I often find that loved ones who have passed for us, who are trying to communicate with us, show up in the dream space first. And that is because in our dream space, like when we're sleeping and dreaming, a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, every time, really, rather, <laughs> we always have an amount of letting go on, on, with our ego, with our consciousness. That softens so that we can actually allow in ourselves to have intuitive messages come through. Some traditions would even say that our body literally, our spirit leaves our body and travels and experiences different realms. And so that we actually may go and visit where those loved ones in the realms that they are existing now, where their energy is located. Uh, regardless of whether you believe you, your kind of your spirit, your essence literally leaves your body or not, or whether it's more like a plugging into a layer of reality that's here that we're kind of not aware of when we're conscious, whatever that is. Regardless, I find consistently that when we have dreams about loved ones that have passed, it's because they're trying to communicate with us. And that's likely the easiest channel for communication because we're at such a level of letting go from our ego. Whereas during our waking life, when we are going throughout our day and we're tending to this very physical human experience reality, it sometimes can be really hard to receive and notice it, notice messages peeking through from the more spiritual, intuitive, liminal 
um, layers of reality because those messages are much more subtle. And I mean, they can be sometimes more explicit, but generally they're more subtle. And it's easy for us to miss them because we're often not watching for them. We, so many of us are very busy in our lives and many of us kind of operate on a autopilot mode where we're not fully present and or we operate from a place of survival. Maybe like life is really, really busy. It's where we're going through a really challenging situation and the human side of us is requiring a lot of attentiveness and a lot of attention. And therefore we may not be noticing some of more of the intuitive, spiritual, liminal messages that are coming through. And that's totally okay. That's Um, That can't be the only reason, but sometimes it's the reason why our ancestors speak to us through dreams. And then other times it's because dream time may be one of our gifts and it may be one of our strongest intuitive channels. And therefore it kind of is almost like a default channel is the best way I can describe it that our ancestors know they can speak through. So that's a context of, you know, why, why that would be happening I think that's important to assert because there are more psychological based perspectives on dreaming that would say that, you know, the dream with your ancestors, dream with loved ones who have passed, that that's more of you kind of different parts of yourself trying to have a conversation reconciliation. I would only say that that's true if it actually resonates with you. However, if it feels really, really true, like, you know, for example, if your grandmother comes through in your dream time and you feel like you were really spending time with her, then I would trust that. I wouldn't try to psychoanalyze that at all. I am a firm believer in a more kind of traditional animistic perspective on dreams I sometimes take a psychological perspective when I feel intuitively like that is actually what's unfolding. But in general, you know, I'd say like nine times out of 10, I would trust that if somebody who's passed has showed up for you in a dream, it's likely because they're trying to communicate with you. So that's that. So what do we do with it? And I want to talk about the feeling piece too. One, I I want to invite you to start by just acknowledging that the contact with your loved one who has passed is real and to trust it. So that's the first thing. And I think it's really important to mentally get into that place and go, okay, I'm going to trust that this is real. I'm going to trust that this is actual contact. I'm going to trust that this is like literally someone is calling me up on the psychic cosmic universal telephone and I'm going to acknowledge that that metaphorical voicemail was left in my intuitive inbox through my dream space. That's step number one. Okay. Step two, I want to invite you to check in with how you feel after waking up and in the dream. So, you know, you mentioned, um, Ben, in your question that you usually wake up crying regardless of the dream being sad. So there's a sense of like waking up with a sense of, uh, of emotion when you wake up um, versus the dream itself specifically being sad and then waking up crying from that. And a lot of times, you know, my personal experience as well as my experience of working with clients, that when we have these dreams with our ancestors, they can be really, they can maybe move us to tears because maybe we miss them. Maybe we feel 
a certain level of like tenderness and love and care. And so it's only natural to wake up then maybe feeling kind of overcome by emotion. So that's what I would have to say about that. If you want to notice what's the feeling when you initially wake up, um, like those first initial moments of waking up, are you feeling moved? Are you feeling loved? Are you feeling touched? Are you feeling tenderhearted? Uh, or are you feeling, you know, scared? Are you feeling concerned? Are you feeling worried? Like notice what those initial feelings are when you wake up that are lingering. And then notice what the feelings were and like the nature of the, the feeling nature of the dream itself. So it's both when you're waking and when you, when, and the, the kind of content of the dream. Okay, the other piece I would say, step three, is you want to decide whether the contact is supportive or unsupportive, right? So we're kind of moving forward with this assumption that this contact is real. And you want to get in touch with, was this contact with a loved one who's passed supportive or unsupportive? What do I mean by that? Was the dream a dream that you feel like you received an important message that touched you, that moved you, that was uh, felt like a guiding message? Do you feel like the context itself felt really loving and supportive and like someone that you loved was visiting you? Do you feel like that their presence was guiding? Do you, you know, overall is the kind of temperature, metaphorically, of that experience like a sense of feeling held and loved and supported. You know, how our relationships are on the psychic intuitive plane are very much similar to how they are on the human plane. So another way you could think about it is if this was a meeting in real life, would I have walked away from that meeting feeling like that was a great meeting, this is really supportive and I feel I feel uplifted from it or I feel clear. I feel supported, I feel validated. Or do you walk away from the meeting feeling scared, petrified, unsure, rebuked, um, you know, not met? Those are important questions to think about. So you can kind of imagine your dream and imagine like it was an actual meeting in this physical plane of existence and get a sense of, is it supportive? Would you want to go to a meeting like that again or not? That's important. Is the contact supportive or not supportive? Next, step four, if we want to call them steps. I'm just, I like to number things because we can just make it like easy. <laughs> I'm a practical person. So step four, after you've decided whether the contact is supportive or not supportive, Decide whether you want to have remaining and continuing contact. So I would recommend, for example, if the contact does not feel supportive, that you decide not to be available for that moving forward. However, if the contact is supportive and you feel curious and like you, you would like to leave the door open, metaphorically on the psychic plane, you'd like to leave the door open on the psychic plane for for your relatives, your loved ones to continue communicating with you, then leave that door open and decide that you're going to do so. Decide that you're available for more meetings and decide that you're available to see where this could go. All right, so step five. From there, 
Acknowledge the contact, ideally out loud. So regardless of whether you decide the contact is supportive or not supportive, and whether you decide to move forward with the contact or not, you want to acknowledge the contact, I'd suggest out loud. You could do it um, inside of yourself, or you could do it through a written word on paper, but I recommend out loud. I like to, I generally like to have some communication with the spirit world out loud and, you know, do, do this when you're, you are by yourself or with people who are trusted um, so that people don't misunderstand what you're doing. But for example, you could say that you realize, okay, this contact is real. For example, let's just say, my grandfather came to me a dream. Okay, I'm going to trust that my grandfather came to me a dream. What did I feel after waking up? Oh, I felt like really loved and moved and I felt close to him. It felt really good. Okay, well, was the contact supportive? Yes, 100%. Um, do I want to have more contact? Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. So now I'm going to sometime spend a little moment getting quiet and I'm going to say something like, hey, grandpa, thank you so much for coming in my dream the other night and giving me that really important message. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm really excited to continue communicating with you. So I look forward to seeing you more in my dreams. And I am receptive to your sacred instruction and guidance. So I'm receptive to learning from you. I'm receptive to connecting to you, whatever that is. Um, you know, for the case of my grandfather, what ended up happening when he transitioned, he actually became one of my spirit guides, which I wasn't expecting. And that's really the role that he played for a really long time for me. So you want to acknowledge it out loud because my experience is that intuition keeps speaking to us when we acknowledge it. But if you, for example, again, think about translating this into human reality. If somebody if you reached out to someone and they never responded back, I think eventually you'd be like, well, whatever. And you just kind of stop reaching out, right? And I'm not going to say that your ancestors will necessarily stop reaching out. Some of them are quite persistent. However, a good part of the time, it's important because these are actual relationships. They are relationships. They're not different than the human plane. They are a relationship. And so in order to cultivate that relationship, let's take some time to acknowledge the message received, acknowledge the psychic text message, acknowledge the psychic email through your dream inbox, you know, acknowledge the psychic meeting, acknowledge, acknowledge. And then from there, if you decide that, okay, I don't want contact anymore, then it's really important to draw boundaries to draw boundaries and to be really clear, like, okay, you know, um, let's say that your aunt showed up and, and in the dream, she was, you know, like, she seemed really confused and she was really anxious and, you know, it wasn't feeling like a supportive dream at all. And if you think about her and how she was in this lifetime before she passed, she was someone that you had a conflicting relationship with and it didn't feel good. And it's not feeling good in the dream space either. I had a client once where this was the case for a grandmother. And so you really want to draw lines and you want to say like, hey, you know, aunt, I'm just going to make up something. Hey, aunt Susie, 
Um, thank you for stopping by. I recognize that you're trying to connect with me. However, um, I am not available for contact anymore. And um, so, you know, you're not allowed into my dream space anymore. You're drawing some firm, firm boundaries. Loving and firm. That's what I generally always say. Be loving and also be firm. Like, no. <laughs> and then, and you have to use your own language and find your own way. Now, if it is supportive, then you want to start building a relationship. And the question is, how would you start building a relationship? How do you want to start building a relationship? Well, in the acknowledgement, you could say that you're ready and you're available and you're open. You're leaving the psychic cosmic door open for addition for your grandfather, for example, your, your aunt, your grandmother, your best friend who passed, whoever that is, to um, continue to communicate with you through the dream space. And you're ready to have that go. Now, this is why it's really important. Sometimes, okay, a couple things. One is sometimes in our waking life, we have someone that, you know, they, all of us as humans have our imperfections and they had their challenges, but then your experience of them in the dream space is actually really beautiful. And you feel confused. Like, well, when this person showed up, you know, when this person was in my life, I like, they were really hard for me to deal with, but now that they're showing up in my dream space, like it's really loving. And I'm kind of confused about that. Or maybe you're like resistant. You're like, well, I don't, really want to have contact with them. Well, you can still choose not to have contact with them. I think it's just important to acknowledge that where they are now in their spirit and essence is a healthier place. And some some of us, when we transition, you know, we connect into our guides and our ancestry line, and maybe we've let go of a certain amount of attachment here, and we move into a place of wellness, spiritual wellness and health and well-being. We go through a healing process on the other side. And so then we can feel, we can be available to guide others. And then other times people transition over and they haven't dealt with what's happened in this plane of existence. And so they're, you know, really troubled and they are creating a lot of stress in your dream time. And so they didn't actually move into a well place. That's again, why it's important to check in with how does the dream feel and how do you feel upon waking up versus, and it's important. Again, I keep using the word feeling because it's important. Feeling tells you more than thinking. Like maybe you think you know, you have like some idea of who this person is or was, you know, you have this idea of who this person was, but who they are now on this other plane of existence is different. So make yourself open to it. Sometimes I have seen this happen so many times with clients, which is so beautiful and so amazingly healing. I have seen clients who, especially with parents or caretakers, or grandparents that they were close to that maybe kind of played caretaking roles at different points. I have seen clients who have had who had really, really complicated, difficult relationships with their caretakers or their grandparents who were kind of caretakers for them at different points. And that person transitioning and then later on starting to show up in their dream time, for example, and the experiences in their dream time are really loving, but they feel very confused because this figure in their life was extremely um you know, confusing, authoritative, sending mixed messages, or maybe even abusive. So it can be very confusing. Um, 
But sometimes what ends up happening is that that person transitions and then they are now in the process of being in a place spiritually where they're actually able to be well and there can be an amazing healing that can happen and an amazing transformation that can happen now that that person's on the other side because they're able to see the wider perspective. And if we're able to be open to seeing the wider perspective, then maybe that things have changed. It can be really healing. So those are just a couple of notes about, you know, the relationship piece and kind of like some footnotes, I would say, about what do you do if the person is, you know, was one way when you knew them when they were living and isn't is a, the feeling is different, especially if it felt not great and now it feels good in the dream time. That's, that's I think, something interesting. Again, in the end, though, the cool thing is we all have free will. So you have choice. You have choice. You can decide to say, you know what? I'm not ready for this right now. You know, thank you, um, mom, grandmother, father, whoever this is. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad that you're in a better place now. I'm not ready for this communication, but I hope to be ready for it in the future. So for now, um, I need to pause this communication, for example. Okay, next, you want to pay attention to what you notice in your dreams following this like acknowledgement and then the decision to either draw boundaries or the decision to build a relationship, the decision to start fostering a relationship. Pay attention and notice if your dreams, you start to have more dreams with that loved one. If you decided to build a relationship, notice if you start to have more dreams and pay attention to them and acknowledge them. You know, a really simple way to acknowledge them is to write them down. You can simply jot down and you don't have to write down the whole thing. If that overwhelms you, just jot down a couple sentences. So again, it's like acknowledging, got it, message received, message received. And then... Lastly, if you're feeling stuck, if like in doubt and you're feeling stuck, I really want to recommend you seek support. I have had times in my past where I had ancestors that were from much further back in my lineage who showed up in my dream time. And I've had some that have shown up that were like amazing, amazing, amazing sports brought me really profound uh, messages and are continuing to support me now. And then I've had some who were really unwell and they were literally like haunting my dream space and it was terrifying. Um, and so when that was happening for me, I really needed to get some additional support to draw some boundaries around that. And so that's where it can be really powerful to work with someone like me, like an intuitive healer or um, somebody who ha- is trained in like some shamanic practices, or if you have a therapist that has the capacity to deal with more of like the spiritual angle of things. So there's a lot of different options. There's lots of different practitioners out there. You know, what's important is that you find someone who's a match for you. But honestly, if you're feeling really stuck, and especially if you're having really difficult experiences and you've drawn a boundary and you don't feel like that boundary is being respected, then I think it's really important at a certain point to seek support. So that's my recommendation there. So in general, you know, trust, 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 trust. 
that how you handle dreams with people that are your loved ones coming through, that they can be real and that you can have choice in that process. And if it feels good, you can keep supporting it and fostering it. And if it doesn't feel good, you can draw some healthy boundaries around it. If you're unsure about how to start creating more of a relationship besides just noticing the dream space, one really simple recommendation is to do something like setting up a ancestor's altar. If, for example, specifically you have ancestor, an ancestor coming through. But honestly, what I recommend to most people is to explore like what is most authentic to you. How in your tradition, either growing up, did you learn any practices growing up that feel supportive and feel aligned for you about how your family or your family members tended to the ancestry line or the ones who, who, who loved ones who have passed? And or if you're someone like me and you didn't grow up with that because that those traditions have kind of been broken and lost along the way, then it could be looking back to your roots and looking at where the what what are the traditions from where your people come from and looking at kind of reestablishing some of those traditions. Or it could also can be, again, most importantly, regardless of what you do, a process of just coming up with a practice that's supportive for you. So again, the key is like looking at building a relationship and allowing yourself to trust yourself to find your way through that organically and to find practices that are actually going to resonate with you because intuition is the most powerful for us when we are standing in our authority and relating to our intuition from our own inner truth and practice. Hey there, I just wanted to pop in and tell you about a special live online workshop that I'm hosting soon focused on empowering sensitives to approach their deep inner work from a very safe, grounded, and resilient place. In this 60-minute workshop, we're going to cover why sensitives need a unique approach to embracing their shadow. I think that's so important. Sensitives, we have different needs. If you're a highly sensitive person or you're an empath, if you're unsure if you're one of those things, but people tend to tell you that you're a very sensitive person, you're likely some shade of one of those things. Um, And we have different needs when we're doing deep inner work. And what do I mean by deep inner work around our shadow? I mean addressing our fears and our limiting beliefs. We'll also be covering how an approach to shadow work for sensitives looks different. We'll be covering simple techniques you can immediately use to prepare your sensitive system for deep inner work and how to know when your needs as a sensitive person ask you to actually pause, rest, and reset before continuing your shadow work. This 60-minute session is scheduled for Wednesday, March 4th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Washington, D.C., New York Time, so you get a sense of what time zone I'm talking about. The workshop will include lecture and practical exercises and time for question and answer at the end. What happens is you sign up and you'll receive a link by email to join the live workshop the day of the event. We'll be meeting on Zoom. And registered participants will also receive a recording of the live workshop within 24 hours of the event. So then you can watch it again. And the cool thing is, is if you can't make it at the live event, 
the live time, no problem, because actually you can still sign up and receive a recording for viewing at another date. And then even further, if you're like, oh no, but it's after March 4th, I can't listen to it now. Um, For a limited time, I'm actually going to be having the workshop for purchase up on my shop on my website. So you can go to marcymoberg.com forward slash shop to sign up and either attend live, watch the recording or watch the recording at a later date. So I hope to see you there and I'm looking forward to supporting you. Now let's get back to our show for today. One more note I want to mention about this topic of dreams and ancestors and your question, Ben, and that is that it's interesting to me that your mom also has these experiences because my experiences from my client work is that many of us have spiritual gifts that come from our family lines. So we have these kind of spiritually embedded gifts and abilities that can run in our family line and they may show up in other people in our family but so often I mean what a blessing Ben that you and your mom are able to talk about this because so many of my clients I find don't talk about these intuitive things with their family members and then don't have a recognition that anyone in their family actually is having these experiences. And that was the case for myself, for example, that I actually never really talked about my intuitive experiences that much. I knew that my mom sometimes had intuitive experiences because we talked about them at different points on my life, but that was pretty much it. And so when I opened up myself about some really profound experiences I had, when my grandfather passed and helping, or rather my grandmother passed and helping her transition, I was really amazed about how different members of the family kind of started coming out of their woodwork about their experiences with my grandfather. And I think that was both a testament to how much he was really guiding and wanting to communicate with the family, but also some of these propensities of these spiritual gifts are in the family line. So I just wanted to emphasize that, that I I would take that as like a little wink, for example, um, from the intuitive spiritual world, that you likely have uh, some gifts around the dream space, and that may be a really strong, pl- strong place, strong place, place for you. And to maybe develop a dream practice if you don't already have one, uh, because that could be one of your main gifts, one of the main channels that you receive intuitive guidance. So thanks again, Ben, for being willing to offer this question up to the collective and. Uh, I appreciate that because I think it's an important, important topic. And like I said earlier, I literally got a message almost immediately after I got yours um, in a different social media channel. So it felt to me like the ancestors are like, yes, talk about this. And also on a side note about this, when I was preparing for this episode, I will usually take time to kind of sort out my thoughts and think through things before I I sit down and record. And sometimes I do that like while I'm actually sitting and other times I do that while I'm driving. I do a lot of like reflecting and clarifying and (laughs) a lot of my teaching ideas come when I'm, you know, driving, my teaching, my working ideas come when I'm driving. 
So the other day, a couple of days ago, when I was preparing for this uh, podcast episode and was kind of sorting through my thoughts, I had the most amazing, amazing, beautiful, um, gosh, the best way I can describe it is it's like this old school, like makeup perfumey smell. I don't know if any of y'all remember like maybe what your grandma's makeup smelled like, but there was like this point in time. I don't really use a lot of makeup now, but there was a point in time that I have this like distinct memory of like makeup sometimes smelling perfumey and it was like when I was really little as I remember this. And so somebody with that kind of like a scent um, clearly was hanging out from around me when I was talking about this. And I just felt like this elation that um, some ancestor energy was really excited that I was going to be talking about this. And the strong was the smell was so strong. It literally felt like somebody had shoved my nose in like a bottle of um, really beautiful perfume. It was really interesting. So definitely, if you're listening, you were meant to hear this because there was some strong spirit energy around creating this episode. So now I want to go on to one more question today before we close. And that's a really great question about shadow work. And this question comes from Jenna and she asks, what big and small signs will your shadow send to be tended to? Uh, another way you could think about this question, I love this question, Jenna, is, you know, like, when should we do shadow work? When do I know that something's actually asking for me to work on my shadow? When is my shadow popping up? So great question. Let's start with a scenario, an example scenario. Imagine that your partner says, you know, does something or says something yesterday and it, it hurt you. They apologize. That's yesterday. And then a couple days go by. You know, today you're kind of still fingering, feeling the lingering of it. Tomorrow you start feeling lingering of it. The next day you're still feeling the lingering of it. In other words, it's, it's bothering you for days, despite the fact that it seems otherwise like you got closure, right? That partner apologized and, and that was that. That can be a sign that your, your shadow needs to be tended to. I love that word, tended to, cared for, explored. So I'm going to list a couple other signs. <clears throat> so some other signs that your shadow is saying, hey, um, I need some attention. I'm inviting you to explore this. That would be like you have feelings that linger, they build, or maybe they come on and off in waves. And by feelings, I'm talking about negative feelings, negative feelings, in the like the example I gave around the, um, the partner. So your feelings linger, build, or they keep coming in, on and off in waves for, for some time. You can't locate your why, for your negative feelings. Like you have these negative feelings. Like I'm feeling angry, but I can't really locate the full story of why I'm feeling angry. And I can't really like, there's not a situation that's really connected to it for me. That could be a time when your shadow is popping up for some care that maybe isn't so obvious. That could be like more of a subtle, uh, subtle sign. Another sign is no matter how much you try to rationalize yourself out of your quote-unquote negative feelings, you still feel them. 
Like, let's say you've done some work and you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, but this, my partner, using the example I gave earlier, oh, but my partner apologized. I should really just let this go. And you still feel them and you still feel the anger or the frustration. Okay, your shadow's definitely activated and is asking for attention. Another one is let's say you actually get past a scenario. And maybe the feelings aren't lingering, but you realize in retrospect that your response was not, for example, right-sized to the event. So you, it, you get really clear without judgment. You just get really clear like, wow, I really overreacted to what happened. Or wow, I, this situation, how my response was, was much bigger and greater than what was actually happening. Those can be signs that your shadow is at work and is it could use some tending to, could use some expiration. Again, if you're confused about what I'm talking about with the shadow, um, I'll, I'll link the, the episode in the notes um, to the episode where I kind of dive deep into what is a shadow and what is shadow work. But we're really talking about your unconscious and subconscious layers of yourself, the parts of you that are not healed on, and, the, and that kind of remain wounded potentially. Okay, there's, so those are like signs. These are some other signs that come through feelings is another way you can think about it. And some feelings that might be signs that your shadow is needing some tending is judgment of others. You start to have a lot of judgment towards others um, around what they're doing. That can be a sign. Judgment towards yourself can be another sign. Like a lot of exceptional judgment towards yourself. Binary perspectives of right and wrong. There's, if you move into a really kind of hardened place mentally in your perspective where you just can't see any other options. Now, there are some things clearly that are right and wrong that I think we universally can agree to, like killing someone, etc. Right. But I'm talking about let's just keep it simple on a simple day to day basis when you're dealing with kind of like the everyday of a situation, for example, like your partner doing something or saying something that hurt you. And then if you find yourself in that scenario, in this binary perspective where you're like, I'm right, they're wrong. That's it. You know, or (laughs) if you've never watched Try Guys, I love the Try Guys. And Eugene has this thing where he says, like, I'm, he jokingly says, I'm right, you're wrong, shut up. So if we feel like that, (laughs) that's a sign that we might be without our shadows asking for attention. Um, Binary choices can be another one. Binary choices of all in or nothing. Like it's, we're either all in or we're, or I'm doing nothing. I'm either doing all of this or I'm doing nothing. I'm either doing this 300% or I'm doing it zero, if that makes sense. So these binary choices of all in or nothing is also a sign that your shadow's active, leading, tending to. Let's say you can't really see your piece of the messy puzzle. And what I mean by that is, you know, in the situation where you're, where let's say you and your partner got into a disagreement, if you can't see your side of the street, if you can't see what you are responsible for, and or if you're totally lost in everything you're responsible for and you can't notice maybe what's not yours. So it's again, it's usually these binary extremes is where the shadow like will start to show up. Um, then that can be a sign that your shadow needs some tending. 
And lastly, a feeling would be a sense of shutting down. If you're feeling shut down or you're feeling the opposite, you're feeling like blowing up or you're feeling like rebelling against, that could be your shadow being really activated. So if you're feeling almost like a rebellion against your partner, a rebellion against your um, your friends, a rebellion against your boss, some of the feelings in there absolutely can have some legitimacy to them. But we need to usually tend the shadow to mine the good golden nuggets of the truth and let go of the shadows of the past that are clouding that truth that's wanting to come through. So that's that's that. So start by recognizing your shadow is present if any of these are true. There's like I I could give a very long list. I'm just giving you some illustrative examples. So start by recognizing your shadow is present if this is true for you and acknowledge the feelings and the story. What are you feeling and what is the story that's attached to it or connected to it? And then you really want to uh, to start tending slowly. These are just some ideas to start tending. Shadow work takes more than this, but let's just, you know, for time's sake and simplicity, um, start sorting through facts versus interpretation. So what are the actual facts? What actually happened versus what you think about what happened, the story about what happened. So fact, you and your partner had a disagreement yesterday. Fact, your partner said X, Y, and Z. Interpretation, they don't care about my feelings. So you want to sort through facts versus interpretation. Sometimes it's helpful, honestly, just make a list. Make a list of like facts versus interpretation so you can get clear on the difference between them. And usually when you kind of go through the list, there can be some things that you write on the fact list and then later when you start to really get in touch with interpretation, you're like, ah, no, that was actually interpretation. That was not so much fact, but my mind wanted it to be facts. So facts versus interpretation. This is something you would do, by the way, with yourself, not with your partner, because you really want to, in this example that I'm working with, you really want to kind of clear through those layers and get to your clarity. Okay, another way to start tending to your shadow, if you find that it is showing up and you've like recognized some of these signs, is give yourself, give yourself space to get in touch with your feelings move them and express them both logically and somatically. What do I mean by somatically? I mean with your body. So what does that look like? It mean could mean, for example, that you spend some time getting in touch with your feelings by journaling them, and then you turn on some, let's say your feelings was frustration. You spend some time journaling the frustration. You put on some music that embodies frustration, and you dance your frustration around the room. Great way to get in touch with the feelings, express them, without venting to your partner because it's likely after you move the expression, after you get in touch with the expression, after you give yourself audience, um, you give your shadow yourself as the audience, that then you start to get to the clarity. I think I've said this before in an episode, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's really important. The most important audience that your shadow is seeking is yourself. The most important audience that your shadow is seeking 
is yourself. That's it. That's all I have to say about that because that, I mean, that's like the essence. That's the essence. So give yourself, give your shadow the audience. Recognize when it's showing up and give it an audience in the best way that feels most supportive for you. Whatever that looks like. There's no right or wrong way to do this. There's so many different methods and there's lots of different methods that I teach my clients. What's important is what feels supportive for you. So I hope that these answers to these questions have been supportive. I hope that you're grateful to Ben and Jenna as a listener for these questions and saying, yeah, thanks for asking them. If you have a question, I would love to answer them. It's like, I have so much joy being able to do that because I really, really, really want to serve people and empower them them on their journey and, and, and support them to have their journey be honestly like much more simpler, easier, sometimes shorter, if I can do that for them, um, than myself, than my own healing journey, than my own journey back to myself, than my own journey to tuning in with myself and the wider world around me. So if you have a question, go to Marcy Moberg forward slash podcast and scroll down to the bottom and there's a little button there to click submit your questions and you can send in your questions in and um, I answer them as you see. Uh, the other thing is that I want to say is that based on feedback, I asked some questions recently on social media. If you don't follow me on social media, follow me on Instagram at Marcy Moberg. That's the channel that I am most active with everyone at Marcy Moberg, my first and last name on Instagram. I asked on Instagram and I said, Hey, what topic do you want me to talk about next on the podcast? And pretty strongly people said, intuition development. So how to develop your intuition. So that's what we're going to talk about. Next time we're talking about how to develop your intuition. Really excited to dive into you with that topic. And I think it's going to be really rich. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are. Thank you so much for taking time to devote yourself to listening to this episode. I am really, really grateful because you being here is empowering me to fulfill my purpose and my calling in life. So thank you so much. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review, ideally five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode, and you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love. 